welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. For today's episode. Today I have my very first guest on the show, who is none other than my clo- one of my closest friends and sisters in Christ, as well as my mentor. I'm so excited for you all to hear from Kelly today. I know that you will be blessed by what she's going to be speaking on. So with that, I'm going to let her in- introduce herself and tell a little bit about her and her family. Oh gosh, friend, I am so honored to be on. What a journey we have been through this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so this just feels good to pour out after the hard. But yes, my name is Kelly Bullock and my husband, Jeremy, and I have been married for 17 years and we have four beautiful children, Cross and Mercy, who are kind of our big kids. We call them our middle schoolers. And then we have two younger children, Cord and Canaan. And honestly, Katie, you know, we've had our own struggles. We lost a son after Cross was born and then adopted Mercy. And God has really written a beautiful story with our ashes. It just wasn't the one I had planned, I guess. But um, it's just great to be here. And also, because you talk a lot about recovery in this podcast, which you know I love, I should also just say probably that I'm an 18-year sober alcoholic that also struggles with a slew of other things. Um, But I think that's just another reason why I love you and this podcast. And I'm just excited to be on today. Awesome. Yes. It is so amazing to me to see how God can truly redeem and restore anyone who is fully surrendered to him. And I just think that's incredible. Your story is incredible. Um, So when I had asked you about being a guest on the show, um, because I know what an incredible teacher and studier of the word you are, I mentioned the topic of marriage because it's one of the four pillars of this podcast. Why did this area of biblical submission versus codependency speak to your heart as a topic to teach on today? Oh, gosh. Well, when we first started talking about the interview, you know, I was so thrilled. But when we narrowed it down to possibly talking about marriage, I felt very unsure because um, honestly, and I've told you this, I was just or am in a weird spot in processing some struggles in my own marriage. But that seems to be a theme when I speak or teach. God seems to always ask me to teach out of my own brokenness and struggle. And so the good news is I always have plenty of material on hand, unfortunately. (laughs) But I'm learning, hey, that is just life this side of heaven. So Um, Katie, before we dive into that topic, though, do you mind if I just give two kind of distinctions or just disclosures um, before we start talking about it, just because I don't want it to be too generalized of a discussion, because our topic of biblical submission and codependency, that's really a tough one. Yes, definitely. Of course, that would be great. Well, 
you know Jeremy. And so um, just for all the listeners, I want to be clear to everyone listening that I am married, honestly, to one of the most amazing husbands I know. And I'm really not just saying that. He loves the Lord lavishly. He's willing to go to counseling with me to make our marriage better. And honestly, he married a very broken girl and has stood by my side all these years. His personality is not dominant or dogmatic. So when I'm sharing today, I just want to make sure that A, everyone really does know how much I love and respect him. Mm -hmm. Um, But also after years of ministry and friendships, I know full well that all women are not married to this kind of a guy and that it's hard, but I don't want anyone listening to um, kind of dumb down their own situation or let Satan dumb down their own situation. I don't know if that's the right word, but so many women I know have a much more difficult struggle and need much bigger boundaries than I guess we're really going to get into today. Um, I'm really not speaking to the woman that is in her husband's in a major addiction or in any kind of abuse like that. Really, I'm just, I've said this before when I speak, I am speaking to the Jane married to the average everyday Jack that sometimes can be a jerk. Mm -hmm. Um, If that makes sense, like, um, and I know this is tricky. Satan will gladly try to hold us in bondage on either side of this fence, but I just encourage everyone out there to have godly women in your life to help you navigate this. But I hope something that I say today will resonate with everyone listening. And I really do trust that the Holy Spirit will guide each of us. Um, and honestly, even if you aren't married today and you're listening, most of what I'm going to say will apply to relationships in general. So if you're good with that, Katie, you want to just jump on in? Yes, I cannot wait myself to hear this. Well, um, first off, just to give you a tiny peek into my very scary brain sometimes, when I'm struggling with something, it can almost feel like, have you ever heard that analogy, women struggle or women have spaghetti brain and men have waffle Yes. Brain. Well, I have spaghetti brain when I'm struggling with something. And I really feel like God seems to give me waffle brain when I need to teach it. But that always in turn helps me kind of process what's going on. So in this season of life, my spaghetti brain would be kind of how on God's green earth am I supposed to be submissive and honor my husband as the Bible teaches and yet not be codependent or a doormat or a basket case, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, this may sound extreme, but sometimes in the heat of the moment, this is really how I feel. This marriage thing seems to have a supernatural ability to control my peace. And I know when I read scripture that I'm not supposed to leave the peace up to Jeremy. I'm supposed to leave the peace to Jesus. So I guess today I just want us to try to kind of waffle it out um, because I can't imagine that I'm only the only one. Um, And I just know that people can relate to Yes, maybe my struggle and yes, that's encouraging in and of itself, but sometimes we really need some like right next steps or how to's. Um, so just know today that this is much as much for me as it as it is for me to teach. So it's as much help for me personally. 
Um, and then a little bit of background too about my personality or go-to is I'm very much a leader. I'm very much a take charge. And so you can just imagine that that doesn't make things easy on the submission side. Um, I was new to this whole Jesus thing as a young adult. And when I read the word, I wanted to do what it said. And I esteemed the word to submit to my husband. Um, but boy, is that just tough and kind of confusing at times. Mm-hmm. So for reference, for biblical reference, I do want us to read a place in scripture that talks about that, specifically Ephesians chapter five. And so we're going to start in verse 22 and it's kind of a longer passage, but I think we need this foundation. Yes. Um, it says, wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying this as it refers to Christ and the church. However, Let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So I think honestly, my favorite part about that chapter is the words, this is a profound mystery. Amen. (laughs) Because it really is. But at the end of the day, Katie, do I think God calls us to love, honor, and respect our husbands? Absolutely. And even as a leader myself, do I ultimately want my husband to be the godly leader of our home? I really do. But here's the problem. Do any of our husbands get the loving his wife as Christ loved the church just right daily? No. So it is vital that we know what to do when they don't. Just as much as as it is vital for our husbands to know what to do when we don't get it right either. And when I say what to do, I mean godly, emotionally healthy, loving, but sometimes boundary drawing kind of what to do, if that makes sense. Yes, completely. Okay, so here's another term that I'm learning, and that is codependency. And so we're going to give this like a good old Wikipedia definition. It's a concept that attempts to characterize imbalanced relationships where one person enables another person's addictions or mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement, which basically covers everybody at some (laughs) part of the day even. Um, Definitions of codependency vary, but typically include high self-sacrifice, a focus on others' needs, suppression of one's own emotions, and attempts to control or fix other people's problems. So when I think in biblical terms, I almost immediately think of making someone an idol. Um, And I can promise you I am guilty of that. 
a verse that I read this morning, actually, in my quiet time, just speaks so perfectly to this. Um, it's in Galatians, Galatians 1, 10, 4. Am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so (laughs) isn't that perfect? Yes. I was like so many times I am trying to serve and um, please man. So the second part of that definition that I just gave you guys for codependency is really um, my major struggle, the high self-sacrifice, a focus on others' needs, suppression of one's own emotions, and an, and an attempt to control, can we all say amen, right. <laughs> or fix other people's problems. Um, but I'm just learning a lot of my codependency really comes from a fear of abandonment. And so just what a cocktail for trouble all of that is in my own life. Um, or maybe I should just say it's a just a recipe for a giant bowl of spaghetti. That's just <laughs> a lot to get right. Yes, um, I totally agree. And I feel like that sounds like so many of us. I am so confident that there are many women listening to this right now that can relate to that and have probably felt some confusion in processing what biblical submission really is compared to an unhealthy, the unhealthy actions of being codependent. Yeah, it's so tricky. And honestly, I could talk about this for hours over coffee (laughs) because it's just something really near and dear to my heart right now. But for the sake of the time for time today, I think these are four things that the Holy Spirit is showing me personally. And I hope that it helps everyone out. Um, The first one is I must continually be led by the Holy Spirit. And so, Katie, you know, I have walked with the Lord for almost 20 years now, and I am more convinced really now than ever that this whole thing is about relationship and not religion. And I need to be able to hear God speak to my heart about a million issues, but definitely about this one. Um, It's too gray of an area without having supernatural nudges and hushes and stand firms, all of those Um, are needed at different times. Just to give you some examples, um, one time I remember being so hurt by Jeremy and feeling very taken advantage of as a stay-at-home mom. Um, And I think a lot of stay-at-home moms can probably relate, feeling like, you know, we're we're underappreciated and overworked. Um, And as clear as day, I remember I felt the Holy Spirit say to me in my heart, stop doing his laundry. And I remember thinking like, um, I only thought you said things like serve and sacrifice. And I mean, I really struggled with that. Um, but the Lord just started walking me through it. Like, don't do it out of spite, you know, don't do it with an ungodly attitude. Like, well, if you're going to act like that, well, then I'm just going to get you back. Um, I felt like the Lord was showing me though, that I was only one human and that I could not do everything around the house for myself, for my husband, for my four kids. Um, and that was just one thing that I could tangibly stop doing and he could pick up. Um, but here's the problem. I had to not care what he thought about me. 
Mm. Or if he talked bad about me to his friends or even honestly, even if he cheated on me over, you know, not being the perfect wife, I had to get over that. Um, And that sounds extreme too, but I think somewhere deep down in my really broken self, that was a fear of mine that if I didn't live up to all his expectations, he would abandon me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, these are just hard things that the Holy Spirit really has to help us walk through. Um, Another example, though, of letting the Holy Spirit lead was I remember when I was really trying to work on submission, I remember the Lord saying to me, like, why don't you just start by letting him pick where you're going to go for dinner? Like, stop you know, having to have the say of all the things. And I remember two or three times I'll be like, I really don't care. And he would make a decision and I would always get blessed, Katie. Like, even if I was like, Oh, that's not the decision. That's not where I would have picked. Um, God would bless me. And God started teaching me through that to trust God, you know, ultimately to work through Jeremy and to bless me. And, um, and that's really great. We have to have the Holy Spirit, you know, because in both situations, I don't always know which way to go. And I need the Holy Spirit to show me whether I need to draw a boundary or whether I need to submit. Right. So that's my first one. Um, the next one I would say is I need to see a professional counselor, preferably with my spouse. So I, you know, I love all of the things recovery and, um, I'm such a fan of celebrate recovery and it has done, it's been such a blessing in my own life, but I feel like for the marriage, the professional counseling and preferably together has been really life-changing for Jeremy and I. Um, I saw, my counselor for several years without Jeremy. And then in one session, just by the grace of God, she asked if Jeremy would be willing to join us. And I asked him and he said, yes. Um, And that has just been so powerful. I think going into that together has opened my eyes so much bigger to his struggles and, and given me a lot of grace, but also I think it's opened his eyes to mine and it's just given us um, a much gotten us to a deeper kind of intimate place. Um, but we still have a ways to go, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we're still going to show up to counseling next month for sure, because, um, we're just still broken people working through marriage and, and fighting for a long-term marriage, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some financial investment. It's not just going to happen. So that's my second one. Um, and then number three would be, it's, in, I think it's very important that I stay mindful and present um, in the moment. So I don't avoid hard conversations just due to distraction or busyness. So, you know, we have, I have four kids, we have kids, we have sports, we have all these things going on and I can sweep like 50 socks under a rug in one week, much less small offenses and rude comments. Um, but that just never seems to work out well for the socks or for, (laughs) for the emotions. Um, I need to be mindful enough to say things like, man, that hurt. Like that little snide comment that kind of hurt or wait, that doesn't feel safe. That, that conversation didn't feel safe or peaceful. Um, and you know, maybe I, 
even have the grace to like jot that down on a journal and then take it to my quiet time the next morning and then go back to the number one Holy Spirit and maybe even back to the number two, take that to counseling. But I, I don't, I am so tempted in my personality to just be like, oh, never mind, and sweep that under the rug and then go on with life and then, you know, really explode three weeks down the road. And I'm upset about something that was small at first. And I had, I just had a, you know, good adult mature conversation in the moment or that night before bed, it probably could have had a better outcome. So I think, you know, you and I talk a lot about being mindful. That has been like our word this month, even. (laughs) Yes. And so I think that is just huge for me to, to not sweep things under the rug. Um, and then fourth, I know that I'm called to be selfless, but I am not called to be selfless at the sacrifice of myself. Right. And um, so, you know, I just have to remember that God does want me to love and serve others and to self-sacrifice my flesh, but not at the expense of myself. And so, you know, that's, I think Satan just loves to twist that one you know, that's an easy one, especially when you're trying to be a good Christian and do the right thing, you know, um, to me being selfless kind of fell largely under that submission category. Like I thought doing the right thing, not making a big deal out of little things. Um, that was the right thing to do. But in reality, I really wasn't making a big deal about anything, but I was dying inside. And so I was too codependent to take a chance on him being mad at me a lot of the times or not thinking that I was some superstar wife. So I just pulled up my bootstraps and tried harder and harder. But that honestly, Katie, it almost broke me. Um, and, And I've gotten a lot better, but I still have a long way to go. If the kitchen is dirty and he likes it clean, but I don't have the grace that day to make that happen. I have got to be secure enough in Christ to say, oh, well, (laughs) and, you know, not snarky, not like he can kiss my butt, (laughs) but, (laughs) but just in a way of like, if it's important to him, he can clean the kitchen that night. You know, the, the, I I can't do everything. And, and, you know, honestly, he needs to do the same for me. If he doesn't have the grace to do something that I've asked him to do, he's too exhausted or whatever. He needs to be able to tell me, I'm so sorry. I hear you, but I can't make that happen right now. And so, you know, I think this so much goes both ways, but I'm working on myself. So I'm kind of talking about my struggle, but I really think these four things will help us. Yes. Yes. Kelly, that is just great. There is so much there. And, um, I just love those four points in those four points. Um, number one, like what you said, being led by the spirit, um, to be able to really pause, pray and reflect before we react in our flesh or in the moment, which I know I'm guilty of. Um, and number two, like you said, um, being in complete agreement, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you on the importance of counseling. Um, Josh and I see a counselor regularly too, as we lead the Celebrate Recovery Ministry, we still need counseling. We don't have it all together. We have not arrived. Um, it is a work in progress continually. And the counseling is such a major piece um, that just helps keep our marriage in, in tune, really. Um, it's been a game changer for us as well. Um, I think there's a stigma attached for a lot of Christians today, especially like if we go to counseling, then we're not relying on our faith. 
Um, and I think that is definitely just an, a lie from the enemy that, that keeps us stuck. Um, and so it's such an important piece. Yeah. And third, to be mindful. Um, yes, present where your feet are. This is something I'm truly working on, um, to not miss the moments of today and the worry or planning of tomorrow. And I think the more confident we are, um, as we're growing in our relationship with Christ and we're setting those boundaries, like you said, and we are, um, confident in who we are. It's not in a approval of people kind of, we're not doing things out of the approval of people or to, um, you know, find our worth in that, but we already have our worth in our relationship with Christ. And so we're able to be really mindful and really present when we're in that, in that place. Um, and then lastly, the taking care of ourselves. This is huge for women. Um, we really can't pour out of an empty cup. I just feel that you have to make sure you're taking time to rest and to be filled up. Um, and we don't have to feel guilty about that or, or shame for that. Because when we do that, when we allow ourselves that time that we needed to be poured into, um, we can really bring our best to the people that God has placed in our life to care for. Um, so I just love all of that. Kelly, is there any last practical take-homes that you would like to leave us with today? Yeah, I thought about that. Like, okay, if I heard this message, you know, that I, I might think, oh, this is good information. Um, but I, again, that right next steps, those are just so important. So maybe one thing that you could do if you're listening and this is like ringing true in your spirit, like, yes, make a list even of your own personal examples of how this tension is played out in your marriage. Um, you know, like just journal it. Like I feel frustrated here. I feel taken advantage of there. I don't want to submit here or whatever it is. And just kind of get it all on paper in a spaghetti form, you yes. know, like just get it all out even. Um, but then maybe take that and look at the four points that we talked about and ask yourself, what is the right next step for me just today in the moment? You know, I, I live by that so much. Like I, my head's all like, ah, and I'm just like, okay, Kelly, what's just the one right next step. Um, and I even think like, you know, you have that awesome Facebook group um, or your email, or even if they just send you an email and say, okay, Katie, I took my right next step. I think sometimes yes. that, that gives us a little momentum. Um, it's like I had a, I had an action step that I needed to take and it was hard, but I did it and it was good. And I'm proud of myself. And I know you want to celebrate with them if they um, take that step. Um, and then finally, do you have someone in your life, a woman that you can share everything with, um, especially about your spouse that will still love and respect your marriage, your spouse, the sanctity of marriage? You know, Katie, um, I feel like you and I have been doing this along the way. You can tell me anything going on with you and Josh. And I'm still going to love and respect um, and be Josh's biggest fan and be the biggest fan of your marriage. But I'm still going to encourage you both at sometimes to submit and at sometimes to draw boundaries. And so I feel like if if you don't have someone, if you're listening and you don't have someone in your life like that, go position yourself to find someone like that. Um, you know, you and I met 
Katie in a small group that we were kind of randomly, which was God, we know, put in together. Um, but all these years later, I think that has been huge because, you know, a lot of times I haven't wanted to share things because I didn't want people to think bad about Jeremy or I didn't want to disrespect him. And um, but we need some people that in our lives that we can say, you know, no, he was a he was a really big jerk last night. And can you help me? process and and make some right next steps or you know I'm really having a heart I'm being a really big jerk and I don't want to submit to him <laughs> you know and can you help me do that so I think that's you know those are just three good things that we can do moving forward to kind of start putting this practice into motion yes I love all of that and I will for sure have the um uh, the email address, my email address, Katie at anchored and always in the show notes for you guys. So you can look that up and as well as the link to join my Facebook community, which is also called anchored and always. And we always have some chats and discussions going on there. And I would like Kelly said, love to hear if you are taking some of these things that she's talked about today and applying them. Um, to your marriage. If you have questions about anything that we've discussed, you can post it in there and, um, and we can, follow up with you on that for sure. So I love that idea. Um, so Kelly, thank you. I just can't thank you enough for um, joining us today on the show. Um, would you just do this, do us the honor of closing out this episode today with a prayer um, over the listener today? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I am going to pray, but I just want to say thank you too for having me and thank you for doing this. Um, I was talking to a friend today and she said, you know, man, there's pretty much nothing better than someone who has been completely broken by life, actually turn around and reach out and try to help others. And Katie, that's what you're doing. And you're doing a beautiful job. And um, I, I don't like your story, but I love what you're doing with it. <laughs> I, oh, I, your story you. is so hard. And I, I've been so heartbroken being by your side, but I'm so proud of you. So thank just you so know much. that you're doing a great job, friend. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this. Just you provide encouragement, Lord. And if this podcast encourages one woman on this topic and makes her feel heard or seen or understood, um, Lord, we just give you all the glory for that. And Lord, I pray that if anyone listening just doesn't have this relationship with you, Lord, if they're they haven't felt the Holy Spirit, if they haven't heard your voice in their hearts, Lord, I pray that they would surrender their life to you today, that they would seek you out first above anything, Lord, that we would never try to quote unquote, fix our marriages as much as we would run after the marriage maker, Lord, and the marriage redeemer. And so, Lord, I pray most of all that you would just um, provide ways for these ladies to get into wonderful, godly small groups and Bible studies and things like that. And through that, the outpouring of that will be um, just a beautiful marriage, beautiful relationships, healthy boundaries, an honor and respect for submission and um, just your way that you have designed marriage, Lord. And so I just, I pray a blessing over everyone listening. I pray a blessing over Josh and Katie and Jeremy and I, that Lord, you would just continue to mold and make our marriages into a beautiful example of Christ in the church. It's in your son's name, I pray pray. Amen. 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 Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. 
I will put the group link in the show notes. You can also email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Another way you can do this is to take a quick minute and subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.